0: We're in the second main section of our foundational series called "I'm a Christ Follower." We've been taking our time going through this because this is again one of the more important series we've ever been through as a church. Uh, we're trying to reinforce this church in many ways. Here's one of them right here, like my t-shirt, like the t-shirt. This is this is this is one of them right here. Some of you I know you. I want one of those. Your chance will come. Don't worry. You received the card as you came in here as well. This is just different ways you slip in your Bible for you to remember and know and speak to one another, abide, connect, share. That is the foundation of what it means to follow Christ, and on the back then is our bullseye, and with the 5G life that is explained there, which we're going through, and so this is what... We've been seeking to do. We're just trying to do that to allow us to be on the same page as much as possible. We've recapped each time we've gotten together. So here's a chance to do this as well. Just to remind you, and some of you are still kind of picking up where we are. The whole goal, of the target is I'm a Christ follower. And week one, two, and three was Abide, Connect, Share because this is what a Christ follower does. If you're truly following Christ, you have to abide in him. If you don't abide in him, you can't truly follow him. That's John 15. If you're truly following Christ, you must connect to his church because we are members of uh, one body as to one to another. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. If you're not connected to his church, you can't really be a part of his 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 body. Then you have to be connected and of course sharing. We are light of this world. We are salt of the earth. We are called in the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations. So for truly following Christ, we have to abide. We have to connect, we have to share. There's no exceptions to this. There's no exceptions. There's good days and bad days in this, but at the end of the day, there must be a trajectory of seeking to be filled with the Lord Jesus Christ. What we do now is, what does it mean practically to abide? What does it mean practically to connect? What does it mean practically to share? And this is what we start to do now, the 5G life. We are seeking now to abide then is God time and connect is gather in group time and to share is give and go time and so for the next five weeks Lord willing we unpack one by one the 5G life let me remind you of this next slide remind you of this the purpose of this series clarity unity consistency urgency and maturity as a church that we've never had in this way before this is why we're doing this to be on the same page to understand to be so clear unified have consistency then urgency that we are called to maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, next slide the 5G life now what does it mean Why is this such a big deal? Because if we're calling this church our home, if you are a person that is dedicated and believes that you are part of this church family, then this is what becomes a non-negotiable for us as followers of Christ. That the 5G life is being unfolded in our lives. There's an intentional desire and pursuit for God time daily. That's today. For gather time weekly, for group and give time monthly, for go time annually. We want every person who calls Harvest Oakville their home, this again, this is, um, this is the mandate we have for us as a church. And there won't be people sitting on the sidelines saying, oh, I'm just going to come and receive and do No, 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 no. We're all in this together. And so this is, this is where the bar gets raised through us. This is the calling for us. If you consider this your church, by God's word and by God's grace, this isn't ritualistic, this isn't legalistic, this isn't some kind of formula hoping God will like us more. No, this is the response to the gospel. This is the response to the love of God in our lives that with intention we will pursue each of these five G's because, again, that's what a true follower of Christ does. So for today, then, we're seeking to dive into God time. And for God time, we're looking at Psalm 84. And we could have chosen many different scriptures to do this, but Psalm 84 is a beautiful one. I'm hoping that you'll see this. So, God time, God time, God time. Let me ask you this question as we start How much time do you spend with God daily? Here's another question Do you spend time with God daily? A recent survey was taken of Christians. How much time, in this specific case, how much time do they spend reading the Bible? 81% of Christians said they do not read God's Word daily. 81% said they do not read God's Word daily. 81%. Time in God's word often is related to time in prayer before God, which then communicates our intimacy or lack thereof with God and what we value and what the priorities are of our life. So in some form and in some way, 81% of Christians are not actively seeking to spend time with God on a daily basis. If we fail to spend time with God on a daily basis, we are failing to empower ourselves by the only one who can give us strength in life. The inability to meet with God on a daily basis, we are forfeiting his grace on some level in some measure in some way. We are forfeiting his strength. We are forfeiting his voice in our lives to put us on his path, to renew our mind, to be used for the glory of God each day that we live. The reason the church is so weak in our land because at the end of the day we don't love God the most. Cuz if we did, then he would be our most. He would be our top priority. We always make time for that which we value most. And it all starts with God time. You as an individual, you where you are before the Lord, you deciding you need to have the fuel that only God can give, that you need to hear the voice of God upon your life, that you need to know his strength and grace, because without it, you're dead just like I am too. And you give me individuals who are being empowered by the strength and grace of God, and they come together as a church, look out. That's where the power starts to be seen. That's where the fire starts to go into serious flames. That's when the Lord's church starts to get activated to see so much glory given to himself. But you see, the problem is, in the root of this message today, the problem is, at its core, the Christian church even is more filled with idolatry for the world than love for God. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. But today we see reinforced just why God time is so essential. Why God time is so critical from God's word. And we see a wonderful, beautiful example of this from the psalmist in Psalm 84. I want to I look at verse 10 to start. Look at verse 10. And this is going to be kind of our launching pad for the remainder of this psalm. Verse 10, the psalmist says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Notice, for a day, notice the emphasis on time here. Time, time. There's no relationship apart from time. You can't have a relationship with God apart from time. You can't have a relationship with anyone apart from time. Notice, for a day in your courts, is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. The context of Psalm 84 are pilgrims traveling To Jerusalem why are they traveling to Jerusalem or it's called Zion in this text they are traveling to Jerusalem ready listen listen because that's where the temple is now what's the big deal with the temple they desire the temple because in the temple is where the presence of God is found they are longing for the presence of God And why the presence of God? Because they are invited into God's presence. They are invited to dwell into his house. That is a staggering blessing that the psalmist is unfolding before us right here. The invitation from God Almighty to dwell with him in his presence in his house. And we're going to learn from this psalm. There is no greater satisfaction. There is no greater joy than living and abiding in the very presence of the Lord, or to dwell in his house. That's why God time is everything. All of life flows from time spent intimately in communion with the Lord. Oh, but wait, we read Psalm 84. This is the Old Testament. Therefore, that's an old covenant perspective or reality. In the old covenant, God's presence isolated and located in the temple or in the tabernacle. And there you had to go and meet with God. And just few and far between in the way that you desired under the old covenant system. But here we are in the New Testament. And our new covenant reality And now the temple no longer exists in that one form of a building. Rather, the temple now, and just, I mean, just put your mind around this again. The temple of the Holy Spirit now dwells within every person who is saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ sends His Holy Spirit to live in us. We now are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Every point, every day, the ability to be invited into the very presence of God to have our lives changed. Oh, God, forgive us for not spending time with you when every second of every day we have the option which the Old Testament saints did not have the same opportunity. No wonder then in Hebrews 4 it says, we can therefore with confidence draw near to the throne of grace now because Jesus Christ opened up this way. That we can find help and mercy in our time of need. O loved ones, we must take advantage of God's time. We are too blessed, listen, we we are too blessed not to. Again, Psalm 84 and verse 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Do you believe that? Do you believe that a day in the courts of the Lord is better than a thousand elsewhere? a lot of us say yeah, yeah i believe that see we prove it then with our lives talk is cheap in this case it's the life that proves that our value system and our priorities are truly in the beauty and the glory of the lord jesus christ so verse 10 takes us to our first point which is this there's no time like god time there's no time like god time And what we're gonna do now is we're gonna explain why this is true and why God time is so essential for our lives. And how we're going to do this, loved ones, we're gonna take Psalm 84 and we're gonna put down on the board, we're gonna go through them the top 10 reasons, the top 10 reasons why there's no time like God time. The top 10 reasons why there's no time like God time according to Psalm 84. So, let's get started. Here's reason number one. Why is there no time like God time? Reason number one is this, because it's lovely time. It's lovely time. When I say that point or reason, I almost, it's on the screen behind me and beside me. I want you to see that too. It's lovely time. It almost sounds British, don't we? Lovely. It's, It's a lovely time. But look at verse one now. Look at verse one of Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. Notice the psalmist. Notice, notice. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the, to the living God. Notice how a massive a compliment these verses are to verse 10. How lovely is your dwelling place? Notice the fainting for the presence of the Lord. Surely for the psalmist, there is no time like God's time. Why, why, why? Because it's such a beautiful time, it's so lovely. It's spiritually fantastic. It's gorgeous. There's nothing that equates to time spent in the presence of the Lord. There's nothing more attractive, nothing more enticing, nothing more beautiful, nothing more rich, nothing more glorious. The psalmist knows in mind and heart there's nothing more beautiful than the dwelling place of God himself. Why? Why? Because you cannot improve upon God. There's nothing better than God. He holds all beauty he holds all glory, he holds all majesty. And notice the notice the 3 Ls in verses 1 and 2. Can you see the 3 Ls in the text there? Notice lovely, longing, and then living or life. The Psalmist knows first stands, he knows this when he gazes upon the loveliness of the Lord, that creates a longing within his heart. See our problem is we don't see God as lovely. We're so distracted with the temporal things of the world. We're focusing on this and that and all our possessions and all the things we wanna do. We never take the time to look up and actually gaze upon our Lord Jesus Christ and say, you are the most lovely person I've ever set my eyes upon. And when you have a lovely desire and attraction for the Lord, your longing attaches to the loveliness. And then notice he says in verse 2, he says, There, my heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. The loveliness of the Lord are longing for him, and then we find life. We find life as we long for the loveliness of the Lord. And notice too, that's where joy is found. This is why so many Christians are so sad. This is why so many parts of the church are so weak. They have not seen Christ. They have not worshipped Christ truly. They don't long for him, and they don't have life in him. They don't have joy in him, and it's such a blah atmosphere. This is why the psalmist's secret is his adoration and love for his God. The secret to the apostle Paul's life was his infatuation and obsessive love with the treasure that is only found in Jesus Christ. That's why he can say all things are done compared to surpassing worth of knowing the treasure of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here the psalmist is saying "And how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord. My soul faints, it longs for you. And there I find life, and there I find joy, and there I have satisfaction. This is what allowed so many men and women in the past who are so powerfully used, it all starts with their affection for God. Keith Green, wonderful artist, left this life tragically early. He wrote that beautiful chorus. Oh Lord, you're, you're beautiful. Your face is all I seek. And when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds in me. O oh Lord, please light the fire that once burned bright and clear. Replace the lamp of my first love that burned with holy fear. Everything starts from here. All of life is lived at this point. God time is everything. There's no time like God time. Because it's where we see the loveliness of the Lord, and it's where we live, and it's where the church will be found and strengthened as individuals, and then coming together as the body of Christ. Reason number two. Why there's no time like God time. It's a blessed time. God's time is a blessed time. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, notice, at the altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house ever singing, your praise. You know, I know I've read Psalm 84 so many times before, but verse 3 is one of those verses that you're like, I did not know this was even there. It's one of those verses you can kind of just kind of look at and be like, how does that fit into the rest of what's going on? But notice here, even a sparrow finds a home and a swallow, a nest for herself, where she may lay her young notice at the temple or the altars of the Lord of hosts. You know what this is saying here? This is the intimacy, what this is communicating. All are invited to the presence of God. All are welcome to the house of God. The tenderness, the graciousness, the generosity of God. Just like a swallow finding a nest to dwell near to the altar of the Lord. And notice what that brings to us. For a, for a bird to find a nest for her young, it speaks of peace, tranquility, rest, grace. Fights against sorrow, anxiety, grief, despair, and trouble. How many here right now, you are filled with anxiety and grief and worry and burdens. This is why there's no time like God time. God time is peace time. God time is praise time. God time is what battles our doubt, our insecurities, and our worries. It's when the voice of the Lord comes in and the peace of God fills our hearts. This is when we start to be able to see why we're living and why we're made And to battle all the thoughts of darkness that come in day after day. God time is blessed time. And look at verse four. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Notice ever singing your praise. So watch this. God time leads to peace time. Leads to praise time. Ever singing your praise. Ever notice how much God loves singing? I've been going through the Psalms in my personal time recently, and I'm just amazed again how much God commands singing, how much God invites singing, how much God blesses singing, how much God refers to the singing of his people. Music is God's created gift with the ultimate purpose of giving him glory by his children and god time is peace time leads to praise time ever singing your praise think of what we forfeit as believers because we fail to spend time with god we forfeit peace we forfeit joy we forfeit praise we forfeit singing with our hearts because we forfeit time with god god time is blessed time it reminds me so much of that song what a friend we have in jesus What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Here it is. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I want to sing that too. And I know many of you want to sing this Right now. So let's do it. Ready? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Here it is. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for not spending time with you. Forgive us, Lord, for forfeiting the peace that is ours only found in you. Reason number three, it's a strengthening time. God time is a strengthening time. Look at verse five now. Verse five says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Remember, Zion is Jerusalem, but Zion then representing the presence of God. So notice this. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And how is my strength in the Lord? My strength is in the Lord when my heart is on the highway to Zion. When my heart is on the highway in the pursuit of the presence and the glory of God. The heart on the highway of a deep love and desire for the Lord. Let me ask you this. What highway is your heart on right now? What highway is your heart on? Is it on the highway of materialism? Is it on the highway of personal success? Is it on the highway of some hobby? Is it on the highway of work? Is it on the highway of leisure and pleasure? Is it on the highway of? money what highway is your heart on hear this from God today the only highway that leads to true blessing and strength is the highway to zion is the highway to the presence of the lord every other single highway is ultimately temporal and is filled with weakness and misery and will let you down every single other highway will result in weakness and will not be fulfilled. It is ultimately futile. Blessed are those who find strength as their hearts are on the highway to Zion. This is why God time is everything because it is our blessed and strengthening time. This is why my favorite highway, my favorite highway is when I get up in the morning and I stumble out of bed and then stumble down the hallway And then stumble down the stairs and then stumble over to the coffee maker and then stumble to my little point on the table in our kitchen and sit down and then open up the word of God and open up my heart to prayer and put on the lamp and get my pens nearby and then begin to meet with my God because if I don't spend time with God, I am absolutely done. That is where I'm strengthened. That is where I'm blessed. This is the most lovely place I can imagine because for me, I cannot do what God has called me to do apart from Him doing it in me. And this is where I receive. This is where I must hear. That is the favorite highway of my life because it's the highway where my heart is desiring for the Lord that sets me up for the rest of my day. You are no different. You are no different. This is why there's no time like God time. Without God time, listen, without God time, it's goner time. We don't stand a chance. We just can't do it unless you abide in me. Unless you abide in me, John 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. There's no time like God time. Reason four, it's refreshing time. It's a refreshing time. Look at verse six now. As they go through the valley of Bacca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. The, the pilgrims are going to Zion and they go through this place called the valley of Bacca. It is most likely that the valley of Baca is describing a place of drought and dryness. It's certainly a place of difficulty and trouble. But notice what happens as the pilgrims travel through the valley of drought and dryness. Notice what happens in verse 6. They make it a place of springs. It becomes a place of pools. This is what the Lord does. The Lord is the one who makes streams in the desert. The Lord is the one who takes the most barren wasteland and makes a an oasis for his glory. The Lord is the one in our lives in the midst of our difficulties and trials in the midst of our drought and our dryness. The Lord is the one who meets us and causes springs to be found and the living waters of Jesus Christ begin to flood and fill our lives. This is the blessing of God time. It's refreshing time and you can't get this any place else. What we learn here, all of us will have Valley of Bacchus. All of us will find times of drought and dryness. All of us will encounter difficulty and trials. But those who seek the Lord and pursue Zion and desire for his presence, listen, these are the ones that will find the grace to carry them through. Oh, how God's word implores us here to believe there's no time like God time because God time is refreshing time. You know anything I think happens to us so much? I think so often we, we give up too easily. We have been conditioned to believe that productivity is how busy we are. We are conditioned by our world That the more things I'm getting done, the more I seem active, the more I run around, then the more valuable I am, because the more important I am, the more productive I am by what I accomplish in a given day we are conditioned in our society to go against the reality the most productive place we can truly be spiritually is sitting down in quiet, in silence before the Lord, listening to his voice in prayer, and meditation, in worship in love of his word, and love of the Savior to receive from him we are conditioned in the opposite direction as that and yet for the true child of God they know the best productivity they could ever accomplish is to rest in the Lord and receive from him because when you have God on your team throughout your your day i like your chances of tenfold productivity than you ever could without him this is the reality of what it means to understand time spent with the lord but again but again we are often too busy for this or often we give up too easily here's what i know many of many many in this room right now have never really given god a full chance to meet with him on a regular basis You've tried, you felt guilty about this, whatever, but a couple of minutes, I'm not hearing anything, I give up, I close my Bible, i move on to something else. Here's what happens, guaranteed. When you don't give up and when you press into the Lord and you wait more than a few minutes and you sit there and you sincerely pray, oh Lord, open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things of your law. When you press in and you take God's word and you let that become your prayer guide, When you wait a few minutes, here's what happens. And I've experienced this just recently as much as ever. You wake up and you're not feeling so great. You don't really want to do this. Your heart's not in a good place. But you sit yourself before the Lord in the quiet, in the dark of the morning with a little lamp there. And here you are. And you sit before the Lord. And all of a sudden, as you press into the Lord and you long for him, you sense the grace start to trickle down your mind and then upon your soul. You wait and you start to sense the trickle starts to become a river of life that starts to renew your mind and cleanse you and fill your soul and cause you to be so satisfied. And all of a sudden that river starts to have a spiritual shower that is over you and you literally go from saying, "There, I don't want to do this. I want to move on. I want to get more productive. You actually sit there and say, God, can I stay here longer? Can I stay here longer? Can I stay here longer? Do I have to go? Are the kids up yet? Can I have more time? That is an awesome feeling. That's what the Lord gives but we give up too easily. We give up too easily because ultimately he's not a priority. But for the psalmist, he's like, all I, want, all I want is the Lord. All I want is his presence. All I want is to be with him. Because this is his refreshing time. Reason number five. It's an inexhaustible time. It's an inexhaustible time. Look at verse seven now. They, the pilgrims, go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Now, I love this. Notice, our God is inexhaustible in strength. That's what it means. They go from strength to strength. There's never a time in God time that God runs out of strength. It's one place of strength to another. I love when you meet with God. There's never a time when God stands you up, ever, ever. There's never a time you go to meet with God and he's like, actually, I'm a little bit tired. I have a kind of busy schedule, kind of running the universe. Give me a couple hours, I'll get back to you. And he never does that. He is inexhaustible in strength. He is always ready to meet at any part of any day. So the theological math from here is this is why God's time is everything. All our strength comes from him. All our strength comes from him. So then, no time spent with God, very little strength for him. No time spent with God. Very little strength from Him. And that's a very bad plan. Think of Jesus Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He was fully God, fully man. Hear that though? He was fully God. He was God. In the flesh. How did Jesus live his life in terms of God's time? Here's a couple of verses for you to look at. Mark 1. And rising very early in the... I love these verses when I see them in the scripture. I love them so much. Very early in the morning while it's still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and Jesus prayed. Next verse. Luke 5. But Jesus would withdraw to desolate places and pray. This is what God is doing. Next one, Luke 6. In these days Jesus went out to the mountain to pray and all night he continued in prayer to God. Last verse I chose to write down here, Matthew 26. Then Jesus went with him to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. So, if God, Jesus, if God needs God time, we need God time. Lord, forgive us for not spending time with you. Forgive us, Lord, for not having you as our priority. Reason number six it's relational time. God time is relational time. Look at verse 8. Verse 8. Oh, Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear. Oh God of Jacob, notice the intimacy of relationship between psalmist and the Lord. Notice this, notice this, notice this. The relationship, the, the prayer life, the conversation, the desire to communicate with the Lord. Remember, remember, no person ever powerfully used of God in all of history has somehow missed this. Every person ever powerfully used by the Lord is a person in communion and relationship in a conversation of prayer all the time with the Lord. Why? Because there are no strong relationships apart from time. You can't have strong relationships apart from time. And what we say what we say is, well, I have no time. I have no time. And if you're saying that right now, I hate to do this to you, but I have to do the love of God. Look at this quote here by John Piper. One of the great uses of Twitter and Facebook will be to prove at the last day that prayerlessness was not from a lack of time. Just let that sit in. No one can stand before the Lord. Now. I didn't have any time. Lord. Whatever. We prove every day. We spend our time on that which we love where our hearts are filled with affection that determines the priorities of our lives. God time is relational time, and that's why there's no time like God time. Reason seven, it's protection time. It's protection time. Just going verse by verse through God's word here. Look at verse nine. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. So God now is our shield. He's our protection. It's our God time that we are reminded again and again That the Lord loves me, that the Lord has me, that the Lord protects me, that the Lord watches over me. It's our God time in God's word and in prayer, we are reminded of the most important truths of our life. I was in Ephesians 1 in my time with God in recent weeks. In Ephesians chapter 1, I was enthralled again with the reality of the gospel, And as I'm going through the first 14 verses of Ephesians chapter 1, I'm reminded again that God has chosen me before the foundation of the world. He has predestined me. He has redeemed me. He has filled me and sealed me with the power of the Holy Spirit. I am a co-heir of Jesus Christ. I have inherited a heavenly fortune. I will never be cast out. I cannot die. All from 14 verses of Ephesians 1. That's why you rise up from that time with God. As you look at Ephesians 1, the first 14 verses, you rise up and you're like, today's a pretty good day. It's a good day. Because I'm redeemed and chosen. I've been elected and predestined. that I'm going to heaven and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a guarantee that God will fulfill everything he's promised for me. I don't get that if I'm not in God's time. And listen, listen, listen. Things of the world can't give you this. Your CNN app can't give you this. Okay? hate to break this to you. The Blue Jays cannot give you this. I'm cheering too. They can't give you this though. Time with the Blue Jays can never say you've been redeemed and filled and guaranteed and sealed the Holy Spirit. It's a temporal cheer that fades away in moments. But time with God points us to the reality of our eternity forever. There's no time like God's time. There's no time to be reminded in the truths of the gospel that allow us to see today is another awesome day. Because this is what God wants to say. Reason number eight, it's light time, light time. God time is light time, look at verse 11. We'll go over verse 10, we'll come back to it in a couple seconds. For the Lord God is a son And the shield. Notice this. What is God time but light in our darkness? How dark is our world? It's dark, man. Evil times. We need light. Where do we get light, God? God time is light time. Every morning you wake up, your incentive is like, I'm filling my mind and heart with light. Light to penetrate the darkness out of my life. He is a sun and a shield. So God time, we pick up the lantern of God and the shield of God. That's awesome. We are walking through the, the light to lead us on our path that he chooses and the shield then to protect us from the enemy. This is what God time does. God time protects us. God time springs light time. There's no time like God time. Reason nine. It's receiving time. Look at the second half of verse 11. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Okay, notice here, loved ones. Notice here, notice here. God is willing to give, God wants to give. God is willing to bestow favor and honor. No good thing does God withhold from those who walk. So notice this. The question is not, will God give me? The question is, are we receiving? You see that? The question is, again, not is God generous. He is generous. God wants to give. The real question, though, is, are we receiving what God wants to give us? If we don't show up with God, we fail to receive. God's like, I want to give you. I want to give you. But if you don't time with me, I can't give it to you. I'm waiting here. I got all this stuff. I want to pass on to those who love me and pursue me and worship me and pray to me and try. I want to give you it. I want to give you it. But you keep passing by every day. You're passing me by. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. And then he finds those who do. here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. All the time we spend on other things, we're trying to gather for ourselves temporal trinkets that won't last, but we're passing by the Lord of the universe who wants to give favor and honor and no good thing will he withhold from those who walk abridly before him. God's time is receiving time. God, forgive us for not spending time with you. Here's a little thought to have in your life as you Receiving time is when we are fueled by the Lord. We are charged. We recharge ourselves in our God time. So here's a principle I think is good to kind of go forward with. I hope you remember for now or maybe for the rest of your life. That would be good. Don't let your phone outcharge you. Okay? Don't let your phone... Now, what I mean by that is, think of how much time a week your phone is plugged in and charging. Think of how, it's almost on a daily basis for most of us. We never seem to forget, and if we do, we're so sad about it, to plug our phone in and charge it, right? Because we rely so much on our phones. And so it's ever getting really low. Quick, get of my way, let me charge my phone, right? There's, there's outlets all over the place and all the, because we need to charge our phone because it's such a priority for our lives, Now, how much time would your phone stay plugged in? Don't let your phone outcharge you in terms of you being plugged in to the presence of God. Charge yourself. Beat your phone, man. Beat it. Win. Don't let your phone dare get filled with electricity more than you are filled with the electricity that comes from the Holy Spirit of God that you need Him so much more than you and I need our phones. Don't let your phone outcharge you. It all comes down to an issue and a matter of the heart. Remember, we will always feed ourselves on that which we hunger for. We will always feed ourselves on that which we hunger for. Reason number 10. God time is faith building time. It's faith building time. Look at verse 12. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one, notice, who trusts, faith building, who trusts in you. To know God, loved ones, is to trust God. But if you don't spend time with God, how can you truly know God? If you don't truly know God, you won't trust God. This is why God time is everything. We must spend time with him to know him, to trust him. God time becomes faith-building time. Let me just recap everywhere we've been so far in this message right here. The top 10 reasons why there's no time like God time, it's lovely time, it's blessed, it's strengthening, it's refreshing, it's inexhaustible, it's relational, it's protection, it's light time, it's receiving, and it's faith building time, and that's only from Psalm 84, where else can you get this in life, where else can you get such promises of time spent with anyone or anything else, you will not find it anywhere else in life, loved ones, what are we doing, what are we doing, what are we doing, there's no time like God time, there's no time like God. So no wonder then, verse 10, there's no wonder then the psalmist says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'll take one day in the courts of the Lord, then thousands apart from the courts, the house, the presence of the Lord. Why? Because there's no time like God's time point number two is this now. Now there's, now is the time for God time, okay? Now is the time for God time. And this is all based on verse 10. A day of your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Many are saying now, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Practical applications now to God time. Here are some right here, okay? First of all, this is taken right from my book, Passion Cry. I just took it right out of there. Loved ones, if we're going to do this, uh, we need a plan. If we're going to spend time with the Lord, I think human beings are made for routine, we thrive in routine. Some of us more inclined than others. A plan to read God's word. A plan to meet with him. Um, Bible reading plans in the foyer, in the lobby. As soon as you leave this service, there's resources out there for you. Where all the 5G banners are, go there. We ran out last night. I pray we ran out, run out today as well. Get a plan. Secondly, get a place. Get a place. Uh, my place is, is, is my life-changing place. It's where I meet. It's where I need to be with my Lord. It's, it's how I thrive. It's where you will thrive um, as well. Thirdly, uh, get a pen, a journal, a pen. Write these down. Again, you can read this uh, in my book. You can read this um, in other. Uh, Carl, I'll tell you about it. in a second. You can see more of this. Fourthly, uh, get a prayer. Pray about these things. Ask the Lord to give you a heart. Ask the Lord to turn your affections. When's the last time you prayed about loving the Lord and prioritizing him? And then, fifthly this, get a passion. Get a passion. It all, some of you are scrambling to write this. It will all be online, okay? This will all be online. Again, it's in the books, whatever, okay? Here's the next thing I want you to see as well. God Time 101 has been written by our very own Carl Whittingstall. God Time 101 is guidelines of how to spend time with God in the word, in prayer, in discipleship. This booklet is available for download for free on our 5G Life page, on our website. There might, there's some copies out in the, in the lobby right now for you too. We have um, limited uh, samples and sources right now. But you can get this, and it's just designed to help you spend time with God and productivity. On the website, in the lobby right now, next slide, um, download, sermon, slides, resources, everything we're talking about is on our 5G life page. Go there, visit often, each week through the 5Gs. We are trying our best to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, trying our best to give to you all that we can to resource you in how to grow and to see Christ be followed by your life. And this final slide here. Uh, resources now in the lobby, in the foyer, okay? Um, I hear a journal. How to journal. How to journal. How to pray through the scriptures. So many of you are like, I, I don't know how to pray. You let the word lead you. It's all I do. I open the word. I read. I pray. I pray what's in the scriptures. A sheet right there. The Bible story in 30 days. 30 days with Jesus. Bible reading plans for you to take advantage of right now as soon as you leave capitalize man one life making the best use of the time because the days are evil loved ones it's god time now is the time for god time no more excuses no more wasting time if we if we all do if we all took god time seriously literally we would change this province if not this nation i honestly believe that you give me you give me a few hundred followers of christ on fire for him what else do you need I would take that over 20,000 nominal lukewarm Christians. We have hundreds of people motivated in the desire for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and lives are being changed. The enemy is so afraid of this series. Because if we actually take it seriously, he knows there are few churches in this nation that are seeking to do what we're seeking to do right now. That's not boasting in us, man. That's responding to the call of the Lord for what it means to follow him. Now is the time. It all starts with God's time. It all starts there. It's your fueling station. It's where you get living water. It's where life is found. It all flows from that place. Do not let your phone outcharge you. Don't let it happen. (laughs) Don't let it happen, man. One life, all right? Hey, 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 hey. Love your attention. Love your passion and love for the Lord. God, fan the flames of desire for you that you may bear so much fruit through us. Amen, church? Love you, love you, amen, amen.